coming up on Philosophy Talk. Bargaining with the devil. Critics say that concessions are a sign of weakness. Burke, however, says, magnanimity in politics is not seldom the truest wisdom, and a great empire and little minds go ill together. All government, indeed, every human benefit and enjoyment, every virtue and every prudent act is founded on compromise and barter. This notion that by not talking to people we are punishing them has not worked. Is it better to stand on principle and get nothing, or compromise and get something? We should not just talk to our friends, we should be willing to engage our enemies as well. That's what diplomacy is all about. Our guest is UC Irvine law professor and professional mediator, Kerry Minkle-Metal. Bargaining with the devil. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. After the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, bargaining with the devil. Well, Ken, bargaining with the devil, that's a catchy phrase. What it's supposed to bring to mind, I think, is the issue of bargaining and compromise. That is the moral issue of when and about what one should bargain and compromise. Well, John, it's clear that bargaining and compromise are just essential for individuals that are a part of any social group at all. I mean, and nations that share a common world. No no one gets their way all the time, except maybe dictators, but probably not even them. But is it appropriate to compromise when you were right about something when you're clearly right about something, and that something is very important. Well, John, let's perform a thought experiment to test your intuitions here. You're an anthropologist. You're working in a nation that's racked by revolution. Uh, A radical, one of the leftist radical groups comes to the village in which you're working and rounds up 15 males and says they're going to execute them all. You protest. You say, you can't do that. He says, fine, fine, fine with us. If you shoot the first one, we'll let all the others go. He hands you the gun. Now, what do you do, John? Well, I don't know how you know it's a leftist organization. (laughs) Okay, or a rightist organization. Okay. Well, my principles are very much against killing innocent people. It's not something I like to do, and I managed to avoid it so far, I believe. In this case, though, I could save 14 innocent lives. Assuming I believe the guy, uh, I'd probably shoot him. Uh, the utilitarian might approve. I guess the Kantian would disapprove. Well, the Kantian would disapprove. But look, history is full of leaders who had to compromise with evil. So don't don't feel bad. Churchill refused to negotiate with Hitler, but he negotiated with Stalin, and he agreed, for example, to the forced repatriation of dissident Soviet refugees, among other things. And all those things that he agreed to with Stalin had really bad effects because Stalin was an evil dude. Well, you know, when you think about it, Ken, our whole nation was founded on compromise. Many of our founding fathers, not only those from the northern states, but some of the slaveholding southerners as well, knew full well that slavery was wrong, just about as wrong as anything can be. But they compromised. They compromised the way the life, liberty, and happiness of millions of African Americans in order to achieve union. 
political theorists like Avishai Margalit distinguish between two kinds of compromises, just plain compromises and what he calls rotten compromises. Rotten compromises are those that institute or perpetuate truly inhumane regimes. He says those kinds of compromise are morally prohibited, but he allows other lots of other kinds of compromises. Well, you know, that sounds uh, reasonable. Margalit's a very smart guy, but it, it does seem like a rather high standard historically. I mean, it looks like our founders' compromise was rotten. Uh, it looks like Churchill shouldn't have compromised with Stalin at Yalta. Uh, we probably shouldn't compromise with the Taliban, and we shouldn't be negotiating with North Korea. But, you know, here's the problem. Inhumane regimes are a fact, and sometimes you just don't have an alternative to compromise. Can there really be a moral prohibition, an absolute moral prohibition against negotiating with, with them? And, and doesn't willingness to negotiate imply willingness to compromise? As usual, Ken, we need some help. In a minute, we're going to be joined by Carrie Mankel Meadow from the University of California, Irvine School of Law. She's the author of the book, What's Fair? Ethics for Negotiators. But first, a roving philosophical reporter, Molly Samuel, finds that in some bargains, it's not always clear who's a devil and who's an angel. She files this report. San Benito County is wedged between San Francisco and the Monterey Peninsula. It's hot, dry, sunny, mostly an agricultural area. We're noted in this county for earthquakes, for uh, motorcycle rallies, and very recently the amount of sunshine that we get here. Reb Monaco is a San Benito County supervisor. Their sunny weather has attracted the attention of the solar energy company SolarGen. They want to build one of America's largest solar farms in the remote Pinoche Valley. There would be job creation for this area, income at some level for our county. And then more globally, when we look at it, we have agreed that we probably need to look at something besides fossil fuel energy. Wind and solar are part of that. The Board of Supervisors has voted to approve the project's environmental impact report, even though there are unanswered questions about the valley's endangered species. For instance, the blunt-nosed leopard lizard. This species of animal is relatively rare, but no one really knows what the impact of solar panels will have on their breeding, and I believe that we um, need to move forward carefully and monitor that. Um, I'm not opposed to saying, yeah, that's a valid way to find out. <laughs> yeah, does, it, does that make sense? No. Ron Garthwaite owns the Claravel Dairy in the Pinoche Valley. He does not think the solar farm is a good idea, and he definitely doesn't share Monaco's view that they can always fix problems as they go along. I mean, it's like, you know, we had to destroy the valley to save it. It's that kind of mentality. These are our calves. Garthwaite's dairy straddles the main road through the valley. His house is nestled between fruit trees, a vegetable garden, and a pistachio orchard. The calves live in a pen by the house, and across the street, cows eat hay behind the milking barn. So would you be able to see the solar? Yeah. Be right back there. Garthwaite points across the valley. It's about five miles wide here. He says he doesn't trust SolarGen to make good on its promises to protect habitat and farmland. But he also doesn't think the San Benito County Board of Supervisors has necessarily made a deal with the devil. He does think they've made a deal at the wrong crossroads. Obviously, solar's good. Who can argue about it? But where you put solar is a whole different thing. It's ridiculous. There are innumerable areas that have no endangered species, no ecological value, no agricultural value, no value whatsoever. 
In San Benito County, people who support renewable energy are finding themselves pitted against people who want to protect endangered species and small-scale agriculture. Alex Levinson of the Sierra Club says it's new territory for environmentalists. We have historically had relationships with a number of industries in which our primary posture was oppositional to them. With the solar industry, we wanted to succeed. The key for the Sierra Club is to find a balance. Support solar, but not bad projects. Protect endangered species, but try to find ways to compromise. There are going to be projects, many projects, that we're going to strongly support. And there are going to be some projects we're going to oppose. And there are going to be lots of projects where they start out with some problems and we can help improve them to a point where we can support them. Or at least say, you know, they've gotten to a point where we're not going to use our resources to oppose them. Environmentalists in the Mojave Desert were disappointed recently when a solar farm that threatens desert tortoise habitat got the go-ahead. In the Pinoche Valley, there's no clear compromise. If the solar farms go in, the future of the blunt-nosed leopard lizard and Ron Garthwaite's dairy are unclear. If it doesn't, the county misses out on an opportunity to create jobs and generate renewable energy. Whether it turns out to be a devil or an angel may just depend on who you talk to. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Molly Samuel. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.